a stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Live Mike. I am Lee Lonsberry. As you know, we are this week focusing in very intensely, very intensely on the distribution of the COVID-19 vaccine. In fact, each day at 2.30 here on this program, we will be speaking with the heads of each of the various uh, or some of the various health jurisdictions around the state, the various county health departments uh, and some of the regional health departments we will have on this program to address the specific circumstances and scenarios playing out in the various regions around the state. And to kick off uh, that intense focus on what is happening in the world of COVID-19 vaccine distribution. I'm uh, honored to be joined this mor- this afternoon rather, by Utah Governor Spencer Cox, who joins me now. Governor, welcome to the program. How are you? Lee, I'm well. It's great to be with you again. Yeah, it's great to have you here. Uh, first off, you, we have, over the past number of days, seen, according to the state's coronavirus website, an incredible uptick in the rate of vaccine distribution. Uh, to what do you attribute this, uh, this recent success, or at least this uptick in, in vaccinations? Yeah, well, we made several very important decisions um, that really the first week of our administration as I came in and, and uh, looked at the, the numbers and just said, this is this is unacceptable. Um, we were we were far too slow. I think we were about 36 in the nation um, that first week in January when it came to distributing the vaccine. And so made some critical decisions. One, again, was to was to uh, increase the population that was eligible. We went to teachers for, for a week and then and then directly to our, our 70 and, and older population. The, the other important thing I did was, was issue an executive order mandating that all vaccines be distributed within seven days of receipt and then uh, giving most of those doses to the local health departments for distribution. Uh, it, it's, it, it caused, we knew it would cause some overloading with them, but, but also allow us to get many, many, many more shots out. We, we've gone from about 30,000 uh, doses a week to over 80,000 doses a week, and, uh, and we burned through all all of the backlog that had been sitting on shelves um, the last two weeks now, we've been able to distribute every dose within uh, within seven days. Uh, and, and that's just huge news for our state. How has that internal redistribution worked out for you? I, I can remember uh, in that first uh, weekly press conference where you came out very, very strong. In fact, uh, you, you said you, you know, related uh, some communications of your own between yourself uh, and some staff saying, like, listen, this this chapter in Utah history right now will, ver- and I'm paraphrasing, will be one of the more defining moments of your careers, just adding emphasis to the importance of uh, this vaccine distribution. First off, how have they responded to, to that? And second, in that, in that press conference, it was announced that there would be a reporting requirement uh, at, I believe, 7 a.m. on Mondays to make sure that the various locations had uh, been able to distribute their allotments. And if they failed to, there'd be some uh, realignment. A- any, any learning there? 
Yeah, yeah, for sure. And, and I, I just have to give credit to everyone who has responded, um, who recognizes now uh, how, how important this is for, you know, for, for saving individual lives, but collectively for getting everything back to normal as soon as possible. There, there is nothing more important, not the legislative session, you know, not the budget. Not, none of that is, is, is as important as what they're doing right now. And they've, they've really taken that to heart. There's been some bumps along the road, and I know we'll talk about that. But, but yeah, that's exactly what happened. In fact, Every morning at 7 a.m., every morning, there has to be a reporting from every one of our partners of, of the doses on hand and the doses that were administered in the previous 24 hours. And that's allowed us to do some redistribution now from, uh, from those partners that were slower in, in getting the vaccine out or had too much given to them in the first place. We've been able to get those tens of thousands of doses back now, and, and they've been administered. That's the thing. Not only did we get them back, but we've already used them and, and burned through them. So, uh, so that's the good news. Uh, you know, the bad news is we just need more vaccine. Um, but we, we are being told from the Biden administration that more vaccine is on the way. And that's, that's just great for everyone. To talk to me more about some of the communication between uh, your administration and the Biden administration. What, what can we look forward to? And will the, the right now on the coronavirus.utah.gov website, it shows that the, the rolling seven day average for vaccine distribution here in the state is about 10,000. That I, I'm presuming will go up. And, and where does the Biden administration's uh, announcements uh, of late fit into that? Yeah, so it, it won't go up until we get more vaccine. That's kind of what's what's holding us back now. We're still just getting about 33,000 doses uh, a week of first doses of vaccine. Now, we did get a little increase. We're, we're going up to about 40,000 doses a week now, which is great news. So we will see an uptick there. But but what's very helpful is they've been giving us more insight into the manufacturing process. That's something we, we just didn't know kind of a week at a time what was going to happen. This increase to 40,000 should be good for three weeks. So they're trying to give us three weeks insight. Uh, the, the big change will be when the uh, the new vaccines come on. We're hoping in the next couple weeks that Johnson & Johnson will get a, approval. Um, that will be a, a huge increase. And, and we're looking at going from 33,000 doses a week upwards of, of 70,000 doses a week. And then when AstraZeneca comes on, over 100,000 doses a week. And, you know, you can start to do the math with that and uh, what that means for the state of Utah, for, for our population. And uh, if, if if we're getting over 100,000 doses a week, now we can really impact things fast and, uh, and, and save lives and get back to normal much more quickly than we expected. Do, do you perceive any, any limits to how many we could get out? Get out? Uh, you know, if we were to see 100,000 or so incoming weekly, uh, you, you think the, the infrastructure in place now or at least uh, where we are headed, we can get those all out the door and into the arms of Utahns? Yeah. The infrastructure we have in place now, the answer is no, and that's what we're working on right now. In fact, uh, last week we started this this conversation of now that we know that that we have the potential for that kind of uh, that kind of increase. Who, who are the partners that we need to bring on? We, we can't do that with local health districts on their, on their own. They're, you know, they're close to maxing out. They still have some capacity. Um, but when we have those significant increases, that's where we see the, you know, the, 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 the local pharmacists, the, the grocery stores, um, clinics, all of those. And then, and then mass vaccination sites, right? So um, the stadiums and, and others so that we can just move as many people through as quickly as possible. There was the incident of late Friday evening in Utah County. Uh, 
where in a, a big box store that has since been shuttered, there was a, a vaccination site which throughout the day uh, ran pretty much as designed. But when it was discovered, there were a number of extra doses available. Uh, folks descended in mass on that, creating long lines all inside, uh, particularly made up by uh, elderly folks seeking the vaccine. Uh, I, I know the lieutenant governor has spoken about this, saying that you will look for look to ways to avoid anything like that from happening in the future. Was that a one-off uh, shortcoming, or is there anything systemic that needs to be addressed to avoid that in the future? Well, it, it was definitely a one-off, and it was it definitely should not have happened. But um, again, people's hearts are in the right place. Uh, everybody's trying to do their best to, to do as much as possible. And the way you described it is exactly what happened. If you talk to people who were there in the morning, it was awesome. I mean, it was, you know, got right in, got their vaccine, got out, no lines, everything processed exactly the way it was supposed to happen. And, and I have to give Utah County credit, too. A couple of weeks ago, they they uh, of the 13 local health districts, they were the ones that had the most doses over uh, seven days old. They had over 5,000 that were on the shelves longer than, than seven days. And uh, they were able to get through that and get caught up. But this is one of those areas where um, they, they realized they had extra vaccine uh, available and thought, well, hey, we have this clinic. We opened this, this mass vaccination site. Let's just let's get more people in there. So they, they opened it up to 500 additional people and, and overwhelmed it, which, which never should have happened. Uh, again, and there, there's some health uh, considerations there, not just for the elderly population, but, of course, with the spread of COVID. Even though everyone was in mass, there were too many people in that site. And so we're, we're grateful for, for everyone that helped uh, to, to get through that. They've made the corrections and acknowledged that that won't happen again and have looked at additional partners and additional places where they can do some of those. Now, w- one of the things I would really like to do is, is have an option. This isn't a, it can't be available everywhere, uh, but for those uh, – so, so so for elderly who it's difficult to get out of their cars, won't have to get out of their cars, would have an opportunity to get the vaccine within their cars. There's there's a whole bunch of logi- logistics that go along with that. Um, Davis County has pulled off some of those sites and, and uh, everybody's listening and, and learning from, from them uh, to, to, to make that difference. The, the last thing I want to see is there's some other really cool things happening there. Um, there, are, there are counties now, and we're encouraging everybody to look at this. At the end of the day, when they have extra doses, so someone doesn't show up or they were able to get a few extra doses uh, out of a vial, um, taking those out to homebound um, seniors mm. to give them their vaccine. So instead of having them come at all, even in their cars, we're going to them now in many locations, following Meals on Wheels, um, and, and we know where those people are, and, and that's going to make a huge difference as well. So there, there's a lot of really good things happening, but we, we did have one bad example out there. Uh, but as you said, uh, one, one-off incident and uh events like that will be avoided in the future. Listen, Governor Cox, I'm grateful to you for your time here. Looking forward to having more conversations on this very topic with you in the future. And if I'm honest, I'm looking forward to talking with you about other things. Uh, Once this is all behind us, uh, we'll be able to get right down to the nitty gritty of governing. And I'm anxious to chat with you uh, about that as your administration uh, takes flight. Thank you so much for your time, sir. Best of luck to you. Thanks, Lee. Alrighty, uh, we're going to take a quick break here, and when we return, uh, I want to talk to you about a proposal, a proposal drafted by Utah Senator Mitt Romney, along with a handful of other Republican senators, sent off to the White House, gets the president's attention, and that has resulted in a meeting coming up this afternoon. What was the proposal, what are the details, and what could they mean for you? I'll share those details with you next on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio. 
Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.